So hi guys, welcome back to Mixfield Media. I'm joined by a special guest today, Tyler Brown from Tyler Talks. So Tyler's going to be joining me on the Countdown 2 podcast throughout the NFL season to discuss what's happening, the results, all of that. But yeah, Tyler, bro, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. It's good to be here. We've obviously been talking about doing this for a little while now and yeah, I think yeah. finally just, we just had to do it. We just had to do it. Yeah, defo, bro. I'll just get straight into it, man. I know that you played American football in the UK and you know the experiences. Bro, just give us some, some insight into how it is. How, how did you find your team? Actually, first of all, what position do you play? Most important. So, so I've gone through quite a few positions. When I first started out, um, I went cornerback and then had a few a little stint at quarterback because everyone wants to be a quarterback eventually. But then I found my position at running back and I just sort of stuck with it then. Um, it's a position that just keeps me mentally like active throughout the game because mm-hmm. like I get I get bored quite easily. But with running back, there's so much to look to look at during the game. Um, just like it's, my mind just is always locked in at all times. So that's a position that's best for me, really. All right, cool. So let's just take it back. Being from the UK, obviously born and bred in the UK. Um, how did you get into American football? Um, it's, it's quite a funny story, you know, actually, because. Um, I was in high school, like so, like year nine, so I was ten, um, and my, my friend kept begging me to um, go to Manchester, uh, Manchester Titans. That's my team. Their trials mm. or they're like they're, they're like uh, rookie sessions right. for years and years. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not I'm not going. Like I'm too busy with. I wasn't busy. I was just being lazy. <laughs> and then eventually, finally, broke me down and got me to go. Um, and then. The funny thing about it is like I actually stayed on and he didn't. He broke his thumb on the first proper case session and then he never went back. And then I just carried on going and then I just fell in love with the game, like completely. Like, and I didn't think going to that first session, I would be continuing weeks after and then playing the games and getting fully committed into like, you know, the, into the team and stuff like that. So that's how I got started, really. So obviously being in England, being in Manchester, I know your experience is quite straightforward. It was kind of... It just happened, really. Well, how easy do you think it is to find a team? Whereas, if you're trying to play, obviously, European football, um, it's very easy to find a team. You just go online, two minutes, you can probably go out and try it out for a team. Whereas for American football, what's the differences? And, yeah. Um, you know what? I, you know, I, I, like, American football in the UK has grown so much since my since my year so now i'd say it's very easy if you're interested in playing you know that all you gotta do is just type just type it in i think i think there's what i think there's i think there's like a team for every major city or at least or, or a team for like most even like some small towns some law county something like that so in the northwest just speaking there's there's manchester titans there's lancashire wolverines who obviously cover lancashire and they got merseyside nighthawks for Mayside area, there's Chester Romans, there's, there's, you know, there's just, there's so many teams around nowadays. Whereas a few years ago, you'd have to do a bit of digging to find out. But as the sport has grown over the past few years, it's, I think it's easier now than ever. And obviously the, because, um, because obviously the London games coming in and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's, everything's just come to make the sport bigger and better for the future of the sport. And, um, so I, I wouldn't say it's that hard to find it. You just obviously want to, if, if you're in the mindset to look for it, it's right there in front of you. It's easy. BBC Sport on their website as well where you can find it because um, Jason Bell and Osi um, do a bit of promoting on their, on their Instagram and stuff like that as well. So 
I think it's quite easy nowadays compared to how I initially found it. Okay, cool. So um, you, you think it's easy, but in England, in terms of popularity, in my opinion, I mean, obviously I'm a massive NFL fan and also NBA, whatever, but I would say in general terms, the NBA is a lot bigger in England than the NFL. Would, would you agree with that? Or do you think the NFL is a bit bigger? I'd say I would say I would agree with NBA's bigger just because of well I mean like the likes of like you know Michael Jordan and stuff like that 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 was a world that was a worldwide thing where everyone was wearing bull shirts and everything like that whereas American football there wasn't really anything there wasn't a character like that obviously to American footballers we look at you know um, Michael Vick because he was a living cheat mode but yeah. Michael Jordan was an international global phenomenon whereas NFL up until recently obviously with you know, Tom Brady and Lamar, Lamar um, Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, people like that. It's like, I would at, the moment, I would at the moment, I would say NBA just edges it, but NFL is still up there just because when you go to, like, I've been to a few London games myself and stuff like that, and they fill out, they're like Wembley and Tottenham and Twickenham, they're all full, they're all sold out the tickets. So I would say that it's obviously a popular sport, but in terms of comparing to NBA, just because of, the earliness of global superstars and that's it NBA just just about takes it at the moment okay cool um in my opinion I think what um goes against American football is the fact that they have to wear helmets that's a massive problem in terms of popularity because in England you end up attaching to stars so with NBA this is why I think the NBA is bigger because you'll see LeBron James you see Steph Curry and you can latch onto them. So you become a fan because of that. Like me, I'm a recent, I've taken up NFL quite recently because, because of Patrick Mahomes. That's the only reason why I got into NFL. Whereas people wouldn't have that same opportunity to do that because they can't see the players' faces. For example, honestly, in England, you can go to main households and you can go, have you ever heard of the name Tom Brady? Okay, they'll say yes. And then get a, a picture of five, ten white guys that would not be able to spot him out without his helmet on. But they'll know number 12, Patriots, etc. But it wouldn't know necessarily how he looks like. And so, yeah, it's quite hardened for fans to go in and out. Do you not think? No, uh, no, there is, there is something to that. I wouldn't say like, perceptually like looking at their faces and stuff like that, just because like it's it's just part of the sport. Obviously, like, when I, obviously, I've obviously got quite a few rugby friends and this conversation came up yesterday, actually, um, you know, about which is better, American football and rugby. Obviously, we have different opinions and yeah. the rugby person always says, oh, we wear pads and helmets. And I say, well, yeah, because we're allowed to hit hard and do yeah. different type of hits, whereas rugby is a lot more confined to the sort of tackles you can do. Like, you know, like, per se, you can technically clothesline, like, not physically clothesline some, but you, in a way, yeah. You can hurt some in American football, whereas rugby, it's like a certain tackle, and it's just that that's that's what the helmet and shoulder pads are there for. It's to yeah. protect you from the type of tackles you can do. Um, but going back to obviously what you're saying about not being able to recognise certain stars, um, it's it's just one of those things. Like it's once you get into it, like uh, like my my girlfriend, my girlfriend, like she when we first met, we were she was like she was knew a little bit of American football, but not fully. And yeah. then, you know, three, four years down the line, she's she's a pro, she knows everything about it. Now, like, she can watch the Super Bowl and not 
not be waiting for the half times. So she'll watch the game and yeah. she'll know what's going on. I can ask her any question during the game. She'll be like, oh, that's why this is why this, that's where the flag was thrown. This is what happened. And it's just one of those. It's just, it just takes a bit of time. It's like, it's like, it's like Game of Thrones or coming to a new TV series. You've got to give it a bit of time and work your way through it to get into it. Do you think that's a byproduct of you or actually her um, enjoying and getting into the sport? Or is that just because like, you watch it and um, you enjoy it? For example, um, I'll say I watch all of these and I'm the same with my girlfriend, so she'll sit there. A good example is Sundays where all the sports, they're in a block from early to afternoon. So she'll sit there, she'll watch the football and stuff, NBA, um, and as soon as it comes to six o'clock and it's NFL, she'll go away. And her main reasoning behind that, which is why I brought my earlier point, is you don't recognise the stars, you don't know the stars. I mean, it's changing with Lamar Jackson. It's a black quarterback, you don't see these. Whereas I was to put, um, I did do this exercise actually. I literally put, I think it was Ryan Tannehill, um, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. And I said to her, Who's Tom Brady? She just didn't know. Um, I'm not too sure why, why the NFL doesn't gravitate to people as much well, around my friendship circle. Maybe that's just me. I'm using a small sample size as it does to other people. I mean, of course, if you're going to get these um, NFL games in London, the UK is so big that you're bound to fill out as 80,000 seat stadium. That's the only game you're going to get for the whole year. But my point is, let's say you get a franchise in London, is that going to be filled out every single week? Or let's say you get three in the main cities, London, Birmingham, Manchester. Are you going to have that rep repetition that it's sold out every single week? I don't think you would. See, now, obviously, playing this sport for so many years, yeah. um, like, I, I've obviously looked into the history of British American football, and it used to be huge. Okay. Like, stadiums used to, Wembley used to fill out back in, like, back in, um, back in, like, you know, 80s, 90s sort of, like, era. Like, it was a huge thing. Like, you know, there was, you know, there was international players coming over to, from America and Europe to the UK to play for these certain teams. Um and it was it was a huge thing, and I, I don't know. I think something happened between having two separate leagues of American football it just broke down and, and sort of killed the sport off in the UK. Um, and now we're currently back on a rebuild. Mm. So, if obviously say obviously there's been there's always been talks of a UK franchise sort of thing. Um, I, I would say I would say it would fill out most like you know, yeah. you know eight times out of ten like you know sort of like your football stadiums. Dude, there's obviously certain games that. They won't fill out, but then there's a the certain game that will fill out. Yeah. Um, I certainly think it will, just based on the history of the sport in the UK when it used to be really popular. And you know, I've, I'm on, I'm obviously on a certain Facebook pages, Instagram pages, and you see some of the videos and um, some of the videos of like interviews of of former players. Mm. And it, and it was, I look at it and I go, why is it not like that anymore? Like, why, like, why, like, when I play for Manchester, or I play for UCLan, like, why am I not? gathering these sort of crowds and obviously it's just because no one respects the sport as much as they used to really and obviously but now that we're in a rebuild for me that's, that's the issue that I've got there why do you not respect that sport because like as you were saying it's so physically taxing and you um and for me it should be the most relatable sport because you've got people of all sizes I mean you can no matter what weight, how athletic you are, there's a role for you in the NFL game. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're playing basketball, you're, yeah. if you're not six foot five, you're, what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
No, hundred percent. And I, I would, I think it's because obviously we are British and rugby is the main sport. They just think it's, and obviously rugby players don't help the fact that they go, you know, it's just like, it's just a, a you know softer version of rugby, and yeah. therefore no. And obviously the fact that it's stop and start is a hurdle to get all the people. A lot of people when I do speak to them about, it, they go, oh, it's all stop and start, and I go yes because it's that tactical of the game. But once you get into it, you won't be able to stop. Like there's so many people that I know that say that like, oh, it's just too soft and start for me. I can't, I can't get my head around it. I see, I see him watching the Super Bowl. I put, I see him putting on the stories all the time. <laughs> Obviously, they say it's for the halftime show, but you don't have to watch the whole game to watch the halftime show. Yeah. Like secretly, deep down, you like the sport. Deep down, I don't care what you say. Like because the halftime shows aren't even that great half the time. That's what I'm like. Mm-hmm. Most like the weekends this year wasn't the best. Obviously, COVID put a lot of hope to what he could and couldn't do. But it's it's one of those where people still constantly like it because of the way that it's played out, but they don't want to admit it because I think it's just that innate Britishers have like, oh no, rugby's my sport. Like rugby's British sport. I prefer that over it. You know, this is a softer version of rugby, blah 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 blah. I see, I see the Instagram stories and the Facebook posts watching the Super Bowl the whole game through. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those really like people just need to admit that it's it's a good sport yeah fair point so how big can it get in england what are your expectations where do you see it in 20 30 years time i i, I see it as obviously i think obviously there has been if, if there's been talks about it and um, getting a franchise or two or something like in here it can go as big as it gets because we're seeing british british stars getting into the league you know obviously like fa um, you know, um, there's like a few players in there. You know, Christian Wade, who turned from rugby to American football, they're getting in there. And now, recently, I think it was like last year, the year before, there was the NFL Academy established in the UK. So that's young stars that are around, you know, just under the age of 19, 18, who can go and progress themselves. I know two or three players who have gone and done that themselves, and that you know they've they've you know they went off to the Pro Bowl the last year met all these superstars and compete against Americans and they put up a good, like they put up a really good, like, um, what do you call it? A, a good, a good fight against these guys. Like when you watch them train together and playing, obviously like flag football, something like that, and doing like the combine stuff, you can see it that like some of them were on a par with some of these people who've been playing it since they were nine, 10 years old. So if that's what it's like now, 20, 30 years, I think we're going to see a lot more involvement with British players in the NFL and or maybe, you know, and obviously the league will grow back to a place where it used to be. But that's just my prediction, obviously, you know. Yeah. Anything can happen, you know, like the league, could, you know, the league could disperse again and then the sport's dead once again. But hopefully it's rising up. With all these NFL superstars backing it as well, it's, you know, it's one of those, so. Yeah. I mean, social media definitely <laughs> played a factor in it, I think. The fact that the social media are out and um, these younger stars, they're having a bigger presence on social media. So that I was saying about, it sounds really silly, but my main pet peeve for it is the fact that they wear helmets. They wear helmets because they have to wear helmets. But it's such a, um, it's such a, like, it's just hard to um, relate to stars because the only way me and my friends, for example, I got into it because one of my friends used to watch it. And the only way he got into American football was similar to me. He, he saw some stars and he liked them. He liked Taron Rogers. He liked these different players. And it was the same for me in basketball. So, I never really gave basketball any time. I was just mainly a football guy, but saw LeBron James, kept seeing his face everywhere. And then 
you're latched to certain stars because when you start, for example, you haven't got a team, I haven't got a KC Chiefs, you haven't got anybody, so you need to latch onto someone. And um, for me, yeah, that's that's the main way to improve it. So maybe small press conferences after the game, um, more PR events. But yeah, like you say, the only way is up and Sky Sports promoting it and bringing it on board, giving its own dedicated channel, like you say, it's, you can see it's getting bigger mm-hmm. then because they're taking their time out just to give it one specific channel. So yeah, honestly, I agree. The, the only way is definitely your To bring it more modern, just instead of talking in general, just talk about the season just gone. Um, how did you find that uh, the previous season just gone for your Patriots and specifically as well for Tom Brady leaving you guys and winning it all? <laughs> I it's one of those like you know like Tom Brady was obviously the main guy and he, you know he, he was the reason that we won all them championships and obviously Bill Belichick is a good coach but I think this season has proven that he's you know Tom Brady was a, a big factor of it yeah um, and then he left I was, I was gutted like I really was gutted I was like oh damn it, it's actually happened I thought it was our rumours and then Gronk came back out of retirement and I was I was salty I was salty as hell I don't care like <laughs> At the start of the season, I was solid as hell. But then, once you see that Brady was doing, like, he was doing, like, he was moving mad over at Tampa, it was, you know what, you got to give him credit. He, he's he's gone to an organisation, he's, he's not had a pre-season because of COVID, and he still won the whole goddamn thing with a new organisation. I give him ups for that. And then going to the Patriots season, I was not, I was nowhere near expecting anything special. I was excited because... Like Cam Newton was like, if I, I've always said, I've always said this: if I weren't supporting the Patriots, I would support the Panthers because of Cam Newton. Like, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see a few posts about Cam Newton, like just how he's, he's a swaggy guy and he's, he's a swaggy guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but what I was saying before about the whole helmet thing, Cam Newton kind of break. He broke that mold for me because in was it 2013, 2015 when he was massive when winning MVPs. I remember my older um, my older cousins and stuff. They used to um, obviously know Cam Newton because he used to do uh, like the doggy and all of these different dances and do that Superman pose. And that was um, like that's personality. He wasn't vanilla. He was he was a superstar. He was somebody you could latch onto. Um, so yeah, just to go back, saying, yeah, yeah, he was breaking the mold from an early on. It's a bit of ahead of his time, you know. If you know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah. No, 100% was. I'm trying to find it on my Instagram right now where I first put on. Uh, Cam Newton, everybody. So it was 2015. I just put, I literally put, absolutely in love with Cam Newton celebration versus Titans when he, you know, he hit the folk um, <laughs> and everyone started like getting on his back. Yeah. Like that was 2015 when like, and I loved him. And then from, he sort of influenced my style of play a little bit as well because I used to wear low cut heat, uh, low cut cleats, yeah. um, boots, sorry, like whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, and literally my next post on that Instagram is, me transitioning with high top cleats because of the, <laughs> just because of how it influenced me in that way. And then I think the year after I started wearing um like wrist like wrist sleeves yeah. like Cam Newton did. And it's just it's just little things like that. Like he's a star that obviously like I said he broke the mold for you know a player who can have a bit of swag to it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a swag player like yeah. but <laughs> like I'm not when they're saying that <laughs> for people start commenting that sort of stuff. But <laughs> like He's a player that obviously broke the mold for me to put a bit like a bit, you know, a bit of style in my play and the way he ran with the ball. Obviously, he's a quarterback, but he was obviously he's obviously translucent for someone who because 
me being around around six four, it's a bit it's a bit tall for a running back. Yeah. So I had to obviously learn. Obviously, when I'm looking at my personal hero, like heroes in the world, my my comparisons like Lashawn McCoy is my favorite running back. Yeah. He has been for years. The past two two three seasons, he's not been up there, but he's he's got two rings because he's been on Kansas City and then Tampa Bay. Um, it's just he's just one of those players that he's a shifty little guy. And then you get Cam Newton's tall, who's also shifty. They're the two players I've, I've like compared to to grow myself into a better player um, throughout the years. And like I said, it's just when Cam Newton did come to New England, it was I was I was a bit excited. I thought, yeah, he's going to bring a bit of that magic. And then obviously, it just I think I'm not blaming COVID, but he took two weeks off for COVID. He was getting to his stride. He was yeah. getting to his stride, and then COVID hit him for two weeks, and then. We started getting injuries with Devontae Hightower and Edelman and, you know, um, Stefan Gilmore was getting injured and McCarty teams are getting injured. It just, it just didn't help the season at all. But going forward, I don't think Cam is the right move, the, the right way for Belichick. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think <sighs> we, need, we, need, we need to draft really well, but I don't think this year is the year to do it. All right, cool. So just to wrap up, I want to look ahead to this upcoming season. And give some way too early predictions, really. So, first of all, who's your champion for this upcoming season? And then I'll give mine, vice versa. See, any other season, I would just give you an answer. Yeah. But because there's so many people that might be moving around all over the place, I haven't, because obviously Watson is the big story right now. Yeah. Like, where is he going to go? I feel like. If he goes to an organization like you know the Broncos or the Panthers, I think he could really make a push for them. But if he goes to the Bears, which has been reported like this morning, I saw that's in a lot of reports for this morning. I think if he does leave, I think he'll go Miami. They, they seem, Miami. They seem to be the only team who's got the assets that that could be enough to get him. You know, what I mean, they got was it three first round picks this year, and they've got two. He's a young quarterback, and then they can just build with him. I mean, that mean, but it's like. Mm. But two is such a good quarterback in the fight for the future. Yeah. Do you want like it's sort of like you know it's sort of taking it away. It's like it's like sort of taking it away from for two, and then he's going to want to go elsewhere because Watson because Watson's once Watson's on the field, two is not getting a chance. Well, no, so yeah, no. I'm saying send two to Houston in a package. So send is it all of their three first round picks or two whatever how many they've got this year, as well as two. And I read a report as well somewhere that they were looking for one of these, a good defensive player who can start. I'm sure they've got, was it Xavier Howard, whatever his name is? Um, they've got yeah. loads of good defensive players that follow them two in, a couple of first-round picks. I mean, Houston, this guy does not want to play for you guys. He's made it clear. Like, he just no one wants to play for Houston. No one wants to play for Houston. Houston, yeah. is, Houston is a joke, joke organisation right now. There's, there's a reason why their stars are wanting to leave because... There's just no organization. They're, they're, they're a team with no with no passion, no desire. The head office doesn't know really really know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, the, you know, a lot of people are going to come to me after, after saying that, but it's true. There's a reason why Hopkins left and Watson and JJ have left because there's something going wrong at the top. It always starts from the top. 100%. So it brings it down over the way. So it's 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 a joke conversation. But going back to position, if I, so, based on today. Watson stays yeah. at Thingy, Russell stays here, and everyone, you know, there's like a little bit of move around. Yeah. I would probably go for 
I've, I've, you know, I think the Ravens might make a good case this year if they draft a good running back. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they're missing, a good running back. Okay. So either the Ravens or I might go for your Chiefs, to be fair. I think Mahomes might finally be able to get his second Super Bowl. Um, okay, cool. I mean, you make a good compelling case with... I want to turn around and say the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah every year the Chiefs are going to win. I want, that's what I'd want to do. That's what's in my heart. But I can't see it. But the... The, the battering that we suffered in the Super Bowl, it was just a simple scheme that they just went too high and just let the like the line fucking the linebackers match up with Kelsey. And it completely shut down the team. The offensive line had been beat up all season. And unless we were probably going to draft a few with our first round pick, etc. And the one problem why I don't think we'll go back and win it, but it's still early, we have to check the season, of course, is Andy Reid is just too stubborn. He doesn't... I'm, I love him, whatever, all of this. I'm not... This is not against him. But he's too stubborn. In the Super Bowl, we go into the half. Was it... We were only down about... I can't remember, was that 13 or 14 points? It wasn't out of hand yet, let's just say. Yeah. Two, two, two touchdowns. It was a two-touchdown yeah. game at halftime. And we had the ball. So it wasn't out of hand. It was fine. So he starts off. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm, I like him, yeah? So he... You have to run when you're when they're playing too high. The only way you can beat them is you're not going to throw it deep. So you have to just have to keep running the keep running the ball. They're doing it. They're getting success, and then they're at um, Tampa Bay's forty yard line. And then he's like, "Let me go back to what we do normally." It's Patrick Mahomes. He's just gonna they're gonna win. I mean, he, he's gonna have to score, fucking throw a few touchdowns or not. And um, and then that cost us really, in my opinion. So going into next season, I think a lot of teams are going to try. Emulate, emulate um, Tampa Bay scheme. Obviously, they haven't got the talent Tampa Bay have. So most teams, you probably get a twelve and four record, thirteen and three record in the regular season anyway. But in the uh, playoffs, they'll come back to bite them. So in my opinion, actually, I think um, the team that's probably going to win it this year it's, could be seen a bit of a long shot. But I think it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. They they impressed me and everybody's like growing. Yeah, so a way too early prediction. That's what it says right here. Way too early prediction. I'm gonna go to Cleveland. Oh no, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You, you know what? I've like my like my my flatmate. He 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 calls me a Cleveland Brown hater, and yeah. I'm I'm not a hater of the Browns. I'm not. It's just that it's just a lot of bad. It's a lot of bad. Um, a lot of bad apples in the bunch, and I don't mean bad as in like you know the, the bad players. Like Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. He's up there with. I won't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say elite. He, he is a franchise quarterback, but he has like he has the he has the elite he has elite qualities. Yeah, you know because he can throw the ball, he can run the ball, read defenses pretty well. Um, and you know obviously you know you go you got Odell, you got Landry, you've got you know you've got Garrett and all these other players who. You obviously got them to a certain stage to, to demolish the Steelers twice. But it comes to the fact of Baker Mayfield doesn't have like obviously I know it takes experience to get experience, but if would he come up against say say Tampa Bay get in the Super Bowl again? Yeah. Do you think he can outmatch Brady? I I don't I I don't well, I, I'm not I'm not saying Tampa I, I don't think he would have to. He, he doesn't with um the Cleveland Browns, we I we were pretty lucky to beat them, but we had Mahomes out. 
But now with Odell coming back, they're going to have the weapons for him to throw. But the main fact for them is that they've got two amazing running backs, two literally elite top tier running backs, an offensive line that they that they completely invested in all of them picks when they were fucking shit every year, year after year. And they just kept picking high and they just kept dropping offensive linemen. So um, Baker Mayfield, he doesn't have to keep up with Brady. If their running game is working and you got a bit of play action here to one of his weapons, you, you're fine. I mean, their defense is pretty good. They just need to draft maybe one or two cornerbacks and then... And, that, and that's 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 the difference. That's, that's what I mean, as in keep up with Brady. Can that defense stop the... the, the the voodoo magic that Tom Brady produces, you know, especially if I like, say like Brady and Gronk stay in for another year, could Brady and Gronk in the Super Bowl? It's just it, it's, it was written in the stars to happen, like because obviously you, you think that he's going to go for Chris, you know, for Mike Evans. Mike Evans was his guy all year. Everyone, you know, everyone double blocks him. Gronk's wide open every single time, yeah. and there's they, going to switch between that and they keep well, Chris Godwin in there. It's it. There's so many weapons to keep hold of. It's it's yeah. it's just something of can that defense. It's not the offense that's the problem. I think it's the defense they need to work on. And yeah. it was the perfect opportunity to get JJ. What I like, obviously I said in my I said in my show that it wasn't really a good fit because he wouldn't be able to be a proper leader among all these other players. But it's I just don't think the defense has what it takes to make it against an elite quarterback. But that's just obviously my opinion because they get blown out. This defense this year got blown out too many times by the big teams. Yeah, I, I, so I came to because they did like you know they got. No, no, that's fine. You, you make a definitely a compelling case there. But what I'm saying, you have to go into the draft this year and maybe free agency and um, grab a cornerback. That's essential. But in terms of offensively, they've, they've got that fine. That's. That's fine. That's box stuff. Just go, just run it back next year. In terms of defense, you need a cornerback, but you've got a superstar defensive um, the alignment in Miles Garrett. This guy, he's a top three, top five D tackle. So he's going to make a lot of um, blow up a lot of plays. KC, for example, we couldn't get pressure on Brady. And when you were flipping that round, we had no offensive linemen, so they were blowing us out. But if you go back and you look at um, New Orleans is a good example. New Orleans should have beat Tampa Bay, but they, they had um, that their tight end, I forgot his name, their tight end. He dropped that pass and then he fumbled it and then they grabbed it and then they go and score points. But apart from that, New Orleans were in control for that whole game. Same with the Packers. The Packers, Tom Brady had three straight turnovers Bad, bad throws, bad picks, but Rogers just couldn't convert for some reason. He started choking as usual. But um, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay are not indestructible. They just looked in the Super Bowl against us because a lot of their um, qualities it was just a bad, bad matchup. A lot of their qualities were our weaknesses, so they look way better than they actually are in the Super Bowl. But if you, if you look at their running to the Super Bowl, they weren't all that. I mean, I would be shocked if they go back to the Super Bowl. They don't really well to get it to win it this year. It was like you say, it was just literally Brady magic. Everything just fell into place. And um, when they needed to make plays, they made plays. But yeah, for me, Cleveland Browns can um, they can do a mad thing. Watch this year. Just keep an eye on them. I was watching them close. No, fair enough. No, like you know, 
No, fair enough, 100%. Like, like, like obviously, when you see that, I was like, ooh, okay. Like, I'll, I'll, the only thing that popped to mind was that defence. was literally like, ooh, can that defence handle that? But like you said, this off-season is their chance to build on that. So it's a good it's a good early prediction, to be fair. Um, no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, so moving on to MVP, who, who do you think could, um, could win MVP this upcoming year? Hmm... I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say, I want to say JJ Watt for, for Cardinals, you know. Ooh, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's just, I think it's just the organic, the Cardinals are doing something great. They're working, they're working for, they're doing what the Browns have done for a few years. They, you know, they're building themselves up. Mm-hmm. Then go once for the next, you know, for a, a good run of years, just go right. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, ring, 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 ring. You know, they're going to, I think they're building up just to, just to get a collection. Yeah. Um, they're saving up the money and they're saving up all these um, all these opportunities to get there. So it's, I, I think I think it'll be a Cardinals player. Either, probably I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with JJ, but as a secondary, I think Hopkins will be, be there as well. Okay. Okay, cool. That's interesting. For me, um, MVPs, it seems like it's just a, a quarterback award. This season for me, Rodgers played well, but... Derrick Henry was the MVP, in my opinion. So I'm probably going to stick with the quarterback because that's what the voters tend to do. Um, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson, your boy. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing he's just going to stay at, in, in Seattle in Seahawks and they'll cave in and give yeah, him... Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Yeah, they'll cave in and give him what he wants and um, he'll show out and as to why, obviously, he um, he, he wants that, that, that extra recognition, just that seat at the table, like you said. Actually, to go back on the Seahawks, I had them going to the Super Bowl. I got reminded of this like two days ago and they completely capitulated in the first round, which was fucking annoying. But yeah, <laughs> so be it. Okay, cool. Just to wrap up as our last... Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, just to wrap up as our last... I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Yeah. Um, who are your dark horses? Two, that's two and a half. Dark horses, dark horses. If I had to pick a dark horse in this, I've gone back and forth. I've gone back and forth with it, back and forth with this team. I said, like, like I said, oh, they won't make it into the playoffs again. But then I've gone, oh, you know what? They have got the talent. They've got everything that's going right for them. They just need the experience in that. I think the Bills will be a dark horse. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo will be a real bad dark horse. I think when they were, when, you know, when they when they got to um, you know, the the conferences and the conference finals, I was like, mm, I don't think this team will make it back to this stage again mm. but then I think about it over and over again and because I keep going back and forth that's that's what Dark Horse is you yeah. sort of back him and then don't back him back him and don't back him so I think the Bills might be a Dark Horse if they're going to be if it's their season to be one yeah I, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm torn between two teams now and they're both different one's an NFC one an NFC so I'm going to give a first one it's a more it's a more glamorous better one so I've got the Cowboys but well, the problem is with the Cowboys, why I can't commit to them. It's just dysfunction and there's always something happening. And and that's a bit of a, it's a bad sign, especially that they're, de- we're just talking about defence. Their defence actually was horrible. It was awful as well as it was the league. But yeah, so they're just there. But my actual dark horse, my proper pick would be the Colts. The Colts, again, they're similar to the Cleveland Browns, but their defence is actually better than the Cleveland Browns. 
They've got a good running game, excellent offensive linemen, and last year they were missing a quarterback. So I'm putting my hopes on Carson Wentz, and this is what makes them a dark horse rather than a genuine contender because I'm not too sure what Carson Wentz we're going to get. Are we going to get 2018, 2017 Carson Wentz? Or are we going to get 2020 Carson Wentz? So, yeah, it's one of them things. But I would say it's a dark horse. Yeah, like, yeah. With the, with the Cowboys, they just need to commit to Dak Prescott. Yeah. And that's yeah. all it is. They need to just, they need to just go to him. I, I'm not saying give him a Patrick Mahomes-esque contract because I think that he's think he's asking for, I think he's asking for the second highest play, highest paid player. Yeah. He's, he's not a second highest paid player, but they need to give him his money. They need, they need to give him his money and give him the respect that he does deserve for what he has done for the organization so far. And Zeke obviously needs to pick himself up a little bit. He's not been the like obviously I, I used to be an Ohio State fan. When he when he came to league, I knew he was going to be a hard hitter. First two years, hard hitter. Now it's a bit like he's a bit. I know it's just going to be. It's going to be. He's going to be into himself and whatnot. And then going over to the Colts again. It's if we are like you like you said. It's, if we're going to get that early stage Carson Wentz or. Is he going to just become a very systematic quarterback where he doesn't exactly make the big plays in the big situations? He just does enough to get his paycheck. It's what it's one of those really, like like you said. Again, you see, that's a good point that you made, but I I see that as an advantage. Whereas same with Baker Mayfield, you want if they can be a system quarterback. Sometimes you need to um, you need to protect these guys from themselves because if you just hand them the keys, they'll fucking crash the car. So you need to um, ease them in just bit by bit. And um, if you need that play downfield, something that Philip Rivers couldn't do, um, he can actually do that play when you ask him to do it. But mainly, yeah, you just want to run the ball with that rookie quarterback, that um, rookie running back they had last year. Quinton Nelson, they got an amazing offensive line and their defense is really good as well. Just the first partner and all of these different guys. Um, you just, yeah, you just need to manage him. And the fact that... Um, the coach there also worked with him at Philadelphia. That helps a bit. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, we'll no, it does. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Say, it, we'll uh, say all of this and then fucking Tom Brady will just go back and repeat and just win it all again. So what's the point? Uh, you, now nah, you know. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jokingly <laughs> say I'm gonna change it to Patriots, but the Patriots aren't gonna do anything for a while now. Uh, Bill Belichick just needs to work on keeping the plays he's got and then building after that. So, nah, Patriots are not, are not the dark horse for this season. I think, give it two, three years, we might be up there, but mm. let's not quote me on that at all. You know, let's not bring, but when those two are big, successful YouTubers, let's not bring back this highlight <laughs> to me sitting there. Hello, bro. Tell me about it. Anyway, bro, Tyler, bro, what have you got going on? Thanks for coming through here, but just to close off here, just let us, the guys, let us know and obviously, or the viewers watching, what have you guys got going on at Tyler Talks and what can we expect from you guys? Yeah, so obviously uh, Fridays is our uh, our sports news thing. I've just got a new, I've got a new co-host in Kaya Baxter, shout out to that guy. Um, you know, he's he, he knows sports in and out. He's obviously, he's you know, he, he self-admits that he's not exactly, he, he's not, he doesn't go into salary caps and stuff like I do. I'm more the factual guy. He's more of the, you know, he's more the, it just, he is how it is sort of guy. So I think that's probably worked really well together. So our Friday show is mainly that. And then now we've um, sat on this Monday, we've got Big Talk, which is where we sort of let the we let our viewers vote for the big debates 
that um, that happened in sports. So obviously, you know, I think the one of the funny ones that we got as an honourable mention was will Arsenal ever be a top side again? Um, and that's obviously a big debate of will they or won't they? But this Monday starting, um, we've got one saying, are sports documentaries good or bad for the subject? Again, we're going to have to like go really into how sports documentaries, you know, the different types of sports documentaries and, you know, how they sort of lift the lid on certain things and what they close on and what they do and don't show. Um, so, it's, it's, it, you know, on Big Talk, it's all about the, you know, the things that you can sit down and talk about for a good hour or, you know, a bit longer. Obviously, we're not going to try and take too much of people's times, but just sit down and just talk about one subject for so long. Okay, cool, bro. Sounds good. I look forward to seeing it, man. Um, but yeah, so it's been Nick. Thanks for you guys for tuning in and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also to go over to Tyler Talk to check them guys out. <laughs>